up, people. The playoffs are here. Winter is coming, and in some places it's already here. And when there's winter, there are winners, baby. The playoffs have arrived for League One in the championship. For some people, you know, we're seeing their face in public for the first time in a while. It's been a minute since we've seen some of our friends. In front of us, some of us are missing while somebody's having computer issues. Uh, <laughs> um, two of our friends are having uh, are away from us with Tyler. If you're listening, tell your son happy fifth birthday. And to Phil, who is also deciding to be a good father or something, um, he is also no longer with us. No longer with us. He's alive. <laughs> um, <laughs> rate of announcement, guys. Um, but look, it's been a minute. We need to catch up. John, how you doing? Yeah, doing really well. Happy to be back after a week out, and I could not be more excited for some playoff action in here. Alan, uh, right now you have two teams in the playoffs. Um, one of them's playing right now. You Darvish is bleeding. Um, are you bleeding, or are you good? I, I'm good. We actually have three teams in the playoffs right now. Um, oh, I wave. forgot about uh, the NWSL. Yeah, w- Wave uh, made a, a pretty nice comeback in extra time with a pretty uh, nifty little goal from Alex Morgan. You know, um, p- penalty merchant Alex Morgan, as some people call her, but uh, well-loved in San Diego, so they're doing well. Uh, obviously, Loyal plays Sunday, and and you Darvish is spinning the uh, baseball on the mound as we speak. So it's, it's really weird in San Diego to be excited about playoffs because it hasn't happened outside of the San Diego Soccers in a very long time. So we're really enjoying the moment and enjoying the ride and seeing how long it lasts. Um, I, I think most people are, are pretty happy with inaugural season and making the uh, having a chance to win a pennant. I say I forgot about um, San Diego uh, way of being in the playoffs, but I did also see uh, Christian press stands being Christian press stands on the internet, which was always interesting. Um, Ryan, you're also back with us, man. How you doing? I'm doing okay. Happy to be back after a week, but uh, ready for some playoff soccer and the fact that pretty much every major sport that could possibly happen is happening right now. No kidding. Um, I mean, it's so nice to have just about everything rolling now. Um, hey, Gio, how you doing, man? I'm good, and I'm excited to get to enjoy some playoffs this weekend and not have to worry about my team getting knocked out just yet. <laughs> uh, so I'm excited to talk about it, be here with you guys. I mean, to be fair, everybody is picking your team to be knocked out. Um, yeah. I think this is maybe we can talk about we're going to talk about this a little later but I feel like if it was anybody but Tormenta people were picking y'all to go against that you would have a little bit more success but we'll talk a lot about that more later but speaking of League 1 FC Tucson is making the drop back down to League 2 this one came way out of left field for not only the fans but allegedly the players Yeah, I mean, just to jump in there, uh, the fuller announcement was basically that their head coach was going to be taking over the ownership for the time being as they try to seek out a more permanent, suitable stadium situation and maybe rejoining League One down the line. Ultimately, just given the geographic state of the league, 
what Tucson has brought to the table financially and with their play on the field. This is probably the best decision for all parties involved, but it's something you don't like to see necessarily just because you're losing a side from the full professional ranks. So I get it, but I think it's still a little bit bittersweet, even if it is smart. And especially from where they're located, like if you're trying to grow the league in a in a smart way, like having that West Coast team or a team toward the West Coast is good. But also like they are pretty separate from even like Arizona to Colorado seems close, but it's it's not really that close. Uh, and so maybe there is a a financial aspect to uh, the decision as well to kind of realize that the travel is a lot and you know you're, you're dealing with something different on the poop on the west coast versus the east coast but um it's always sad when teams fold but at least they're not folding they're still in existence but what that means for the players is kind of kind of crappy and doesn't seem like it was um informed in the best way possible but i don't have any confirmation on that so i that is just speculation and and what I've read on the interwebs, which we all know is absolutely always true. Yeah, you certainly have to feel for you certainly have to feel for Fuego at the moment, just how isolated they might be out there, as John said in uh, the chat. It's just it's going to make it really difficult for the league just trying to grow in that Western Conference area part of the country for their presence there to just only have two teams uh, Colorado and California kind of east of the, or west of the plains. Um, Certainly have to feel for the players. Obviously, it's not good to see professional teams drop down and it's fewer opportunities at the top flight. But hopefully there is a ch- or in USL, hopefully there is a chance for a team to just come back up and that a hiatus from League One isn't necessarily a total goodbye. Yeah, I, I hope it's not a total goodbye because I really like Perlman as a coach. I think he can uh, really motivate a team. I know they had a rough start, but last season... They did the same thing. They made the playoffs, and they were close to sneaking in this year. Um, it just stinks with the West Coast teams just not working out. Uh, just hope Santa Barbara is a little bit different. I know Colorado's is having a hard time um, with playing in different stadiums all season. Fuego is their fans are so unhappy. You know, they got, so we just need a little bit more uh, just consistency out west uh, to really help the league grow because right now the east coast is dominating and I'd love to see it keep growing and it just makes you or makes you worry almost like is it, uh, what teams are stable which ones aren't you never know because it happens so suddenly so ho- hopefully they can make a way back um, I'd love to see them come back and have a few years to take a break after a few rough seasons and get going again with Perlman leading the team yeah, I mean, there's a lot of cons- There's a lot of ideas of the whole. If they drop down, will they ever come back? I mean, North Carolina and Charlotte seem very content with where they are. Granted, they're also dealing with MLS in their state now, so slightly different conversations. Um, but you also have the rumors now of um, OKC Energy of coming out of random text messages that are being release but we don't have proof of them of there won't be a season next year which those have all just been hearsay but even so 
if in the if those are true or they aren't true, they still seem to ring true for USL fans because teams who go down or disappear never come back. Um, but moving on, speaking of teams that may be showing up, uh, Milwaukee's having an having an announcement and. Uh, most people are assuming that this is going to be a USL team. I'm assuming that this is going to be a USL team. In a weird chaos kind of way, I hope that it's something out of complete left field. Like, I've already forgotten the, forgotten the acronym of whatever America's new premier football, whatever they are. I'm kind of hoping it's that. Not next pro, but the other one. <laughs> but I mean, Milwaukee, the, the USL. So my only, even remotely insider knowledge is that the week before New Orleans got announced, a random USL New Orleans account followed me, and then the same thing happened with Milwaukee last week. So that's the closest thing I have to reporting on this, but it seems firm to me. Yeah, it is a sign. <laughs> it seems like this is going to be, <laughs> it seems like this is going to be a championship team and it really fleshes out the strong presence that the championship has in the Midwest right now. If you think about your Indies, your Louisville's Detroit's adding Milwaukee into this mix just makes a lot of sense. So I'm really excited to see them come aboard. Can I tell you something that bothers me with the announcement? They said in 96 hours. What kind of a that one weirded me out. That <laughs> when you when you tell your baby's 96 months old. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was like, that's just too much math. Like, yeah. that's between like two and seven days. I'm just gonna. I'll see people retweeted. I was like, oh, it's 96 hours now. <laughs> just say Thursday or Friday. Ugh. Speaking of announcements of announcements, Memphis apparently has a stadium, uh, kind of. Um, their mayor wants a stadium, and Memphis says, we want said we want a stadium. Um, and then somebody drew it up, and that's about where we are. But it looks nice. Isn't it like an intention to make an announcement? Like, it's not even in like an announcement of an announcement. It's like, we intend to, at some point, make a future announcement that will probably be an announcement of announcement. Like, like how far, like, are like, this is like, a, this isn't even like a promise yeah, ring. Yeah, this is like the promise pictures. ring of a promise ring. Like, I hey, I have gotten a credit card that I have put money aside that at some day I will buy you a promise ring. That means that someday I might ask you to marry me, and then we can get married. Someday. I think that's where we are. This is the ring pops of promise rings. Wind pops are delicious. I mean, so least, are drawings of stadiums. I mean, at least one thing we can say with this is that it still has a kind of clear intention that there is some future plan, regardless of how their future head coach kind of position is going to go, that there does seem to be at least somewhat of a commitment from the ownership group towards trying to make it successful and not staying at a baseball stadium. It is still an announcement of an announcement and like an intention to have future plans, but to try and put a positive spin on it. What if this is where all of Pyramid's salary is going, is the new stadium? Maybe that's what he was asking for. Maybe they spent all the money on the design of the new stadium's <laughs> image. <laughs> yeah. that, that stadium, it looks nice and all, but for, 
the 10,000 seat stadium, it looks huge. Isn't it just a repurposing of an old Coliseum, though? I I don't know. That seems way above my pay grade. Although the concept of the concept of Memphis 901 getting scammed on Fiverr and blowing all of Pyramid's money is really funny to me. <laughs> but unless anybody has anything they want to talk about with the intention of an announcement of an announcement that came from the mayor out of nowhere, um, I want to go on to just a a little bit of a game for um the playoffs because we are the playoffs we are in the playoffs now we could talk about the teams that didn't make it but like that's like half of the western conference because all of them except for orange county were i think kind of in play um but you know i want to go through contenders and pretenders because i've seen a lot of stuff lately of Throughout this whole season, we said the Western Conference is king. Western Conference is king. And the moment that the bracket comes out, people are saying this East is scary. So I want to know from you guys, who are the contenders and who are the pretenders? First off, let's go. Let's start off in the East. And I want to go with the Tampa Bay Rowdies. I want to go with John. Yeah, so I mean, I just tweeted it out and anyone who follows me will have seen that I have Tampa Bay winning this whole darn thing. The way that they're playing right now in attack, they finally have Sebastian Guenzati scoring some goals. He's got three in his last three. That's a big deal for a team that has got the support on the wings with Leo Fernandez and Jake LaCava. They figured out what they want to do defensively with the back four. It feels like things are clicking at the right time for them. And we've seen time and time again, finding form at this time of year is what matters when it comes to the playoff race. Orange County got hot. They ran away with the title. And I think Tampa Bay has that same sort of potential. Alan? Oh, I... You you can't really bet against Tampa Bay in the playoffs. Um, They've been just a really quality team over the past several years and like they just have the the ability to to get the job done and they're a very dangerous team like going into tampa bay is tough but then also tampa bay play on the road is uh they're a good team so you know there's teams that are like built to win the regular season there are teams to play well in the in the playoffs and you know tampa bay is one of those that seems to do both with you know regularity as of late so i i I think John spoke to a lot of reasons why that, you know, it's going to be tough to, to beat them. Uh, but I also think that there's, you know, a, a little bit of, I don't want to say mystique about them, but there's there's definitely a, you don't want to play these guys in the postseason. Ron? Yeah, I have to say that Tampa Bay just looks like one of those teams that you just don't want to see it coming against you in the next round. If you're looking in terms of form, they're one of three teams who are unbeaten in the last five games entering the postseason. In terms of my ELO rating, they're one of three teams currently above a 1,200 rating, which is 100 points above the average, at least from the start of the year. It's basically a mark of teams who are basically really well above well and above everyone else currently within the league. You have Louisville and San Antonio kind of in that same bracket but yeah tampa bay is certainly a contender within um within this playoffs yeah uh, i i like tampa bay it's chances of getting far but i did have loose city to beat them um 
in the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, I think City has been playing very well. Uh, they earned that number one seed. And I see that being a great matchup. Um, but I could see it going either way. I think City definitely has a chance to be a big contender. For sure. I, echoing all the same things, I think they are a contender as well. The Miami FC. Yeah, I mean, just to kick this one off, you can make the case for Miami because they have a very stingy defense and they have the attacking talent that on paper could put them over the top. If you think about Joaquin Rivas, if you think about Kyle Murphy, et cetera, that hasn't been the case at any point this year. They consistently underperform an attack. The defense is good, but it has holes. And that's a brutal matchup to be facing Tampa Bay on the road in round one. So I think they're a pretender. I think if their matchup was somebody other than Tampa Bay the first round, I think that they might be able to find some success uh, in the playoffs. Um, but I, I think that's a first, t- first tough first round matchup. They do play pretty well on the road. I'm pulling up the uh, the statistics. They're the second best team on the road. So I, th- I think they have a chance, especially being a lower seed. I think if they, if they can somehow sneak by Tampa Bay, I think that they have a chance of making a pretty deep run, but I wouldn't say I wouldn't put them as my favorite. So I wouldn't say they're pretenders, but I also don't think they're contenders. I think they're uh, a good team that is maybe can go on a couple game run, but I don't think they're going to make it to the finals and they aren't going to win. So I guess pretenders chicken tenders. Mm. (laughs) You don't make me hungry here. (laughs) Yeah, I would say um, I'm with Alan on this one. And oddly with my ELO ratings, they would have the fifth best ELO rating of the Eastern Conference right now ahead of Detroit and Pittsburgh. But it just it seems like they're uh, they just got dealt a really tough hand with going up against Tampa Bay in the first round. They did beat Tampa Bay earlier this year at Al Lang, but these teams are two very different sides from when that game had occurred. So like Alan had said, I don't think they're necessarily a bad team that got in. I just think it, they're running into a very good and competent Tampa Bay team that will win in the first round. Yeah. I, Miami, the past several games, they have a good streak going. Um, I know they lost against Las Vegas. But they have beat some good teams on the way, um, beating Memphis, Louisville, um, and beating Detroit Detroit City also. But I don't think that they will get out the first round because of them playing Tampa. So they have to be a pretender. For me, I mean, you mentioned that when they added Al Lang, that's the only win I think a team has had at Al Lang all year. And that came back in March, I do believe. Um, So Tampa Bay has not lost at home since, you know, all the way back in March. Um, I would put Miami almost firmly in pretenders just for the fact that their offense isn't good enough to carry them and their defense is not at the cup-winning level. They don't have a defense like Orange County did. They don't have a defense even like Detroit City has. I think they are just good enough at both but not great enough at either for it to really – push them over the top. I want to go with firmly in pretenders, but I want to segue that into Detroit City FC as we add in Tyler. 
What's up? Hey. Happy birthday to your son. Thanks. Yeah. I got to be cool dad and let him stay up a little bit late. So uh, he uh, wanted to extend it even further. <laughs> and I was like, man, you got to go to sleep at some point. Mm -mm -mm. Pretender dad of the year. <laughs> John, well, I'm, calling I, I'm calling Tyler a contender, but I do think that Detroit is a bit of a pretender. I think if they had a home game at Keyworth, it would be a different story. But going to Memphis, a team that is so immaculately organized, I think there are stakes here for Ben Pierman wanting to kind of show that he's the real deal for this upstart Memphis team against his former club. Memphis is just better at the end of the day. And Detroit has so many injuries at back where Stephen Carroll is out. Obviously, they've been nursing that Devin Amumensa injury for ages. There are just enough factors here conspiring against Detroit that I can't see them doing the thing. Yeah, this is a tough one because I'm not sure which fan base I want to have hate me after tonight. Um, but, I mean, Detroit City is a, a pretty solid team on the road. Uh, Memphis is a very good team at home. Um, I think Detroit has more points on the road than at home, which is wild thinking about how like dominant they were early on in their home stadium. Uh, yeah, I just see, like, I mean, I, I can see Detroit maybe surviving and getting through on PKs, like like just having the game of their lives and, and, and surviving this one. I, I just think Detroit City might be, they're a really good team uh, that I think maybe just needs an, another offseason to kind of bulk up and, and get some depth um, and, and build on the success they had. Um, but I, I don't think they're getting by 901, and I'm pretty much – I'm going chalk on this one, and I, I think um, Detroit has something to prove, and I think they've proven their, their first step this year, and they'll definitely be – I think they have the, the potential to be a contender for next year. I just don't think they're quite ready yet. Yeah, I think it's uh, just kind of one of those that they ran into Memphis, a team who's currently fourth in my ELO ratings right now across the entire league. It's a side who basically he has been up there with Louisville and Tampa Bay amongst the Eastern Conference all season in terms of the ELO ratings and in terms of the standings. And Detroit's had some solid games this year, but they've only picked up four wins over teams currently in the playoffs. Right now, two of them coming against uh, Birmingham. Sorry, Kaler. Um but, yeah, I think Memphis has uh, – they're playing at home and they're looking towards a good result to kind of make an impact within the playoffs. So, uh, 901 to win and Detroit a pretender. Yeah, I, I am the same boat. I think Detroit's a pretender. I don't – they had a chance to get that home game and they lost their last two games. I don't think they're going to beat 901 at home. So I'll jump in. I think I missed our Tampa Bay one probably. That's okay. Um, they were going to be my contender, just so we know. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going to mirror what uh, you guys are saying. I think it's 901 that's going to be the contender here. Um, you know, like Alan said, Detroit has, like, a pretty solid base. Um, I think they've shown that, but I don't think it's really going to shine until next season. And I think 901's got it locked at home. I do want to correct uh, – Ryan corrected me. San Diego uh, beats Tampa Bay at home in april uh yeah so, they did so, <laughs> um, but i'm going to be a little contrarian 
I fully think that Detroit City is a contender. I really do. That their defense and their goalkeeper. Maybe I'm being tricked by Orange County from last year, but they feel like such a similar setup to Orange County from last year. And Anton Opino will score clutch goals because that's all he does. It just feels like they could be a team of destiny like Orange County were. So I fully believe that they are contenders. But, you know, I'm also an idiot, so take that with what you will. Um, speaking of the team they're facing off with, I want to know about Area Code FC. This is the big question for me in the East right now where, I mean, Memphis was in it for the one seed the entire season, and they nearly got there. But there's just this sense that until somebody knocks off Tampa Bay or Louisville, that those two are really the only contenders out there. Memphis feels like they can crack it for me. I think Jeremy Kelly, what he does on the left wing is fantastic. Philip Goodrum finished second in the gold in the boot race and no one cared. They're really organized defensively. They press so aggressively. I just think that they have it in them. And I think Ben Pierman is a little bit of a genius. So they're going to do it and really be there at the end of the day competing for this. I guess it boils down to like what your definition of a contender, like, can they win? Yeah. Like 901 could just as easily go on, on a nice run and, and, and they have the tools to, to compete. I agree with John, like until, until it's not Lou city or Tampa Bay, it's hard to pick against them. Right. That's like, it's like, do you, do you go on a limb and pick them? And then when you're wrong, everyone's like, ah, you're stupid. You're wrong. Uh, but then like, if you're right, like it's, yeah, of course you were taking the hipster pick, right? Like there's no win-win to picking to picking 901. Uh, but I, I, I do think they're contenders, right? Like if they were the Eastern Conference winner, I don't think anyone would be like, oh, they came out of nowhere or they didn't deserve it. Or So I, I'd put them in like contenders light, like the Coke Zero of contenders. Like maybe not everyone's favorite, but if you're looking to cut some calories, they're a really good pick. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I'm not sure what that means, but I'm going with it. It's, it's a step above chicken tenders, which is where I landed on a few. Yeah, I mean, uh, John had alluded to um, it was Memphis, Louisville, and Tampa Bay just kind of all fighting for that top spot in the Eastern Conference. And I do think Memphis is uh, a tad fortunate to be one point above Tampa Bay right now in the standings to get that number two seed. In the conference, they picked up seven wins over uh, current playoff teams over the course of the year. And they did uh, pick up a win both over Louisville and Tampa Bay during the season. And they also had all dropped a game against both <clears> those teams <throat> as well. I think it's really interesting to see how they would match up against Detroit. And I'm curious if they go further into the playoffs, if they would have to play a potential Tampa Bay in the next round, if the seeding works out that way for the results. But yeah, I think Memphis... Uh, I'm with, yeah, I'm with Alan here. I think it wouldn't shock anyone if they got through to winning the conference, but it would still be Tampa Bay and Louisville's to lose. Just to interrupt real quick, I feel like Memphis is the last team where they could win the conference and it wouldn't be surprising. And that to me is like the line of contender. I don't know. Uh, I, I agree. I think they, they can pull it off. Do I think they will? Not necessarily. But do they have the ability to? Yeah, I've been impressed with what Malloy has done after leaving a uh, crappy 
forward Madison team and becoming a star in the championship uh, and fitting in perfectly with some other players that have failed. And he's become one of the best midfielders. Uh, and I've been really impressed with what they've done and to be fighting for the top spot in the East. Uh, so I think they, they do have a good chance. Yeah, I, I mean, and also, like, looking at this, too, I, I know, like, we talked a lot about, like, Louisville and Tampa Bay being the people that you really have to to overcome to make this happen. But then looking at it through League One eyes, um, <laughs> I'm used to seeing that weird stuff happening. So, uh, you know, it could. It could. You never know. You know, uh, League One, that stuff happens all the time. But I know championship is a little bit different beast at the moment, um, you know, especially with where everybody's at. But. But yeah, definitely mirroring what you guys said. Um, it, it, it's possible, but I don't know that it's going to happen. I I am so torn here because I feel like Memphis could make a run if they can get past Detroit. I feel like Detroit might be their boogeyman. Um, I am I'm super torn here. They are firmly in my not contenders, not pretenders, firmly chicken tenders. Um, they are like there. I just, I want to say they're contenders if they can get past the first round. It's just all, to me, it all hinges there. Uh, moving on, we are going to talk a little bit about my team and their uh, Southern Harm rival, the Birmingham Legion. Yeah, so when I interjected, I think I tipped my hand a little bit where Birmingham is just that step below where I have a really tough time seeing them getting past the Tampa Bays and Louisville's of the world. And that leaves them as a pretender for me. At the same time, there's a real scenario where Matt Van Oakle stands on his head, Fanuel Kavita does Kavita things. You get a magic moment from Enzo Martinez. Marlon just runs halfway across the pitch and scores a goal. There's a route for them to do it, but it takes those exceptional moments. And I think that demotes Birmingham to a pretender, unfortunately. Um, I would have to say uh, they're not like the great pretender, but um, they're definitely kind of in that, that, the notch below and it's going to take them kind of like a miracle run uh, to get it done. Um, I think they can maybe throw an upset or two in there, right? They're, they're good enough to do that. I'm just not sure that they are going to be able to put in a run, uh, especially, you know, if you go chalk in, in the playoffs they're you know, they're going to have to play on the road twice to get to the final or to, uh, twice to get to the, the championship final. Um, and in the East, I'm I'm just not completely 100% certain that, that that's a, a great recipe for success. Um, like I said, I if that happens, I'd be rooting right along with Kaler because I know how happy that would make him and all the beautiful shots that he would get along the way. Uh, but I'm just not sure that they have quite enough to get it over the line. Yeah, it's... Weird with the Maiwa Raiders as well. They were kind of on an island for a good portion of the year, just kind of stuck in that kind of four through five spot for most of the season, especially in that latter portion of the year, as it kind of shown that it was kind of more of a fight between uh, Pittsburgh, Miami, and Detroit for that kind of final couple spots of the playoffs. Interestingly, they've had had uh, one instance this year where they did win four consecutive road games. So there is a way that they can be 
playing well on the road if they get past this first round. But to have to go up against Louisville and then potentially having to go up against someone like a Tampa Bay or Memphis in the championship game is a really tough ask. And I think they're probably just slightly a pretender. I have to say they are a pretender. I do think they can pull off a win. Uh, but to pull off a second one and, and away, I, I don't see it happening as much as I love Kaler and I would love to see them um, get some more wins with Kaler in the background screaming the way he has been. Which is the highlight of uh, some of my weekends. Seeing I mean, if you if you watch a Birmingham game, you are watching for Kaler when he goes and scores. It's exactly what happened. Seeing him running is the funniest thing in yeah. the world. Runting, and, running, screaming. I will, I've listened and watched back some of those videos, and I've thought about cutting out the audio so many times because I'm like, why do I sound like that? I don't remember something. <laughs> Got to keep it. That's the best part. Yes. Of it, and so I think we'll get at least one of those, uh, but that's about it. So I have to call them a pretender. Yeah, I'm going to have to go pretender. Um, I hate it because, like, I, I want to root for, for Legion. Um, you know, like Gio said, just see it, see more Kaler videos. Uh, but uh, I just, I don't see them making it past one win, like running into Louisville. Um, that's going to be tough. That's going to be a pretty solid challenge. And I think they're ramped up and ready to go. So uh, I don't see them making it past that point, maybe past Pitt, but um, not past Louisville. Yeah. It's hard for me not to agree with you guys. Um I think that Legion have it in them to get at least two wins in the playoffs. But the thing is, and Legion fans know this, is that we have <laughs> this is gonna sound like this is gonna sound mean, but we've kind of started calling Tinkering Tommy because he just messes with the system so much, moving away from stuff that works that if we do something that works two games in a row, we have to change it because whatever reason. Until Legion can show me, and I said this on the show so many times, until Legion can show me that they can put together a string of wins that aren't against MLS 2 teams, they're pretenders in my eyes. Even though I do think that there's a world that they could be a pretender it's not or a contender, it's not this year. Uh, moving on to the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. I've weirdly become a Pittsburgh hater for no good reason. I think I'm really out on Bob Lilly right now. Like I keep citing the fact that between Rochester and Pittsburgh, he hasn't got a team past the quarterfinals since 2015. This team, much in the same vein as Miami, is underperforming what is one of the most talented rosters in the USL. He's constantly moving players around. He never keeps a consistent system or a consistent or a consistent deployment of his players. I, I think Birmingham showed the way to beat them by being aggressive in the press the last time these teams met. And if Tommy knows what's good for him, he'll play the, that high-pressing system and win this game. And that renders Pittsburgh a pretender for me. Pretender. Yeah, I mean, Pittsburgh enters um, the postseason with the lowest ELO rating I have in the Eastern Conference and one of the lowest within the entire league's playoff teams. So, yeah, they just they seem like a pretender right now. 
I'm going to just say they're pretender too, mostly because they're playing Kaler, and I want him to have <laughs> some happiness at the home <laughs> game because he would be so motivated. Yeah, um, yeah. So for uh, for that reason alone, they are pretender. Yeah, I mean, looking at their string of results, it's just not strong enough to make me feel like they're anything but a pretender at this point. Um, that whole Oakland thing just wasn't uh, enough to sway me the other way. Um, so, yeah, pretender on my side. I'm going to be careful because my my team does play them on Sunday. But don't be careful. Out yeah. of time. Yeah, you know, you know the answer here. Just <laughs> play out of time. Just do it. Well, I want to I want to throw out a take, and it's going to be out of how many teams are in the? It's 14 teams in the playoffs. They are one of the three teams out of all 14 that I fear the least. Uh, yeah. The Miami, Pittsburgh, and New Mexico United. They're going to clip that too. They're going to clip that. Bob Lilly, Robert is going to be fuming when he sees this later. <laughs> so, but I think they're probably- Okay, wait. Now, do you, do you think that Bob Lilly has any social media? He feels like the kind of guy who just like lives under a rock. Dane Kelly has showed him this clip. <laughs> By the way, Dane, like if you want an example of why modern Bob Lilly doesn't do the job, Dane Kelly is invisible. Like I don't think he's played in weeks. What's up with that? Bob Lilly has a friendster account. <laughs> yeah, I'm on Robert Lilly has. Now, but... Robert Lilly probably just added me on LinkedIn, and I have no clue yet. <laughs> 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 Moving on to the last East team, um, I think we can blow through this one. Lou City. It's it's Lou City contenders. <laughs> um, they're pretending to be a pretender, so they're a contender. <laughs> Don't make me think. <laughs> Sorry. Highest ELO rating in the league this year. Louisville is easily a contender. They are definitely contenders. Hands down, you know the answer. Contender. Yeah. Moving on, because it is contender, let's go ahead and go over to the West. And for people who are waiting for predictions, our predictions are going to blow by pretty fast in this episode because we've already kind of explained why teams are good slash bad. So the, are the, the predictions will be coming up after this. Um, I want to start off with, I think it's probably the most interesting conversation out of the West and that's Colorado Springs. So um, you mentioned the idea of Pittsburgh being one of the least scary teams out there. I kind of feel that way about the Switchbacks team right now. In their last six games, they've lost four, and they're scoring barely one goal a game. They look lost tactically. They're switching their defense in and out constantly. And they're coming up against an RGV team that in the last 10 games across the board, no team has more points than RGV. So I think the switchbacks are kind of out in this one. So they're a pretender. Yeah, they've had kind of an up and down year. Like they look really strong and then they didn't. So um, I I think this is, if you're looking for a, a pretty clear cut, uh, upset opportunity. It is that RGV versus Colorado Springs match. Um, yeah, so I just don't see Colorado Springs putting a run enough together to 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 get this one done. So I, I do think they're a pretender as well. 
it's so strange considering how well, they're placed in the Western Conference as the three seed right now, but Colorado Springs currently has the lowest ELO rating of any team in the playoffs right now. Their form just it fell off a cliff towards the end of the season. And I just I feel like RGV's riding momentum that carried them into the postseason here and should probably get a win here in this match over the switchbacks. So switchbacks are pretenders. Yeah, I agree. I think they're pretenders also. Uh, I think they've really fallen off at the start of the season that they've had. Um, so I don't see them getting – I can see them winning one game, but they they won't have a chance to make it much better. Yeah, uh, switchbacks, they have not been convincing for quite some time. Um, and I don't think that that changes now. I don't – like Alan said, I mean, this, this would be your upset, but I don't think it's happening in any way, shape, or form. Colorado switchbacks would have been contenders if they started Kyler Tate, a.k.a. the sub. Super um, sub. The sub. The super sub. <laughs> it's not too late, Colorado. It's not too late. Um, it would be a random time to give a 19-year-old his first ever start, though, but I'm here for it. Um, yeah, there are pretenders in my eyes. They, they might rattle off a win. I just don't see them getting more than one if they get one at all. Another team that a lot of people early have been picking the upset on, Allen San Diego Loyal. They are firmly a contender for me. Like, I think you just have to look back to that performance where they beat San Antonio three to one, completely ate them alive in terms of breaking down that set defense that's the best in the league especially with that first round matchup against Oakland, that to me feels like an utter mismatch in the favor of the loyal, where if they make the right decisions defensively and play somewhat conservatively, Oakland makes a lot of mistakes in the press. They're easily exploited. And San Diego has the players to constantly take advantage there. I know that their defense is a bit leaky, but they just feel like they have the personnel to go and do the thing. Oh, um, I think in a in a universe where you're looking at the team on the pitch, I do think San Diego is a contender to win. Like, but the thing that makes it difficult is the route they're going to have to take to get there, and that's against an Oakland team who they've haven't beaten since the first time they played them. Like, yeah. Oakland for some reason just plays against San Diego really well. It's like this like kryptonite almost. Um, I said I shared this on Two Balls Underwood the other uh, yesterday. Someone asked me who, who the two outside of Sacra, uh, San Antonio. Yeah, that's, that's our segment. Um, uh, I couldn't do it. I tried. I tried. <laughs> um, someone asked me outside of San Antonio who are the two teams that Loyal should be afraid of, and it's it's Sacramento and Oakland. And mm-hmm. who are they probably going to have to end up playing to get to the Western Cup or Western Conference Finals? Is Oakland and Sacramento is like the mm-hmm. most likely path. And so I, I think if they can, I think if they can get by Oakland, I think they do have a really good chance, but for some reason it's like a little bit of a bugaboo uh, with, with loyal against Oakland and um, loyal are not a one horse team. Um, I completely disagree with that. Um, I think time and time again, it showed that yes, Vassell does, does the deed, uh, but you got Jack Blake, you got Evan Conway, who's the guy who helped beat Tampa Bay. So this is not just a who who you're guarding. It, it really boils down to as uh, uh, as Pony said, 
I think if Loyal wins, they're going to be one of the worst defensive teams to win the cup in USL history. I think that's the thing that's that's going to be the issue. It's not the goal scoring. If Kyle Vassell doesn't score a goal, you still have 18,000 people on that pitch who can score a goal. It's going to be, can they keep Oakland from scoring multiple goals? And, and that's going to be the, the thing. So I have them as a contender, uh, but they have probably their the worst draw they could possibly have going into the finals. Nick Moon for president. Yeah, San Diego was interesting kind of in this last kind of quarter of the season, and especially these past couple games, they're the only team of the playoffs right now who does not into the playoffs with at least a win in their last three games of the year. And that saw their ELO rating tank from what would have been a clear second-place team in the uh, Western Conference to someone who now finds himself behind Sacramento for third best in the West right now. So it's a form that kind of enters into the playoffs kind of on – a really difficult path like Alan had mentioned. And I think they they should get by Oakland, but it's one that it doesn't do them any favors to try and get past uh, who would kind of be waiting after that. So they should still kind of be a contender if they can kind of recapture that uh, mid-season form. Like Alan had said, it's temporary and it can be changed in a moment in the playoffs, but yeah, it's uh, there are some uh, worrying signs for San Diego at the moment. Yeah, I definitely see them as a contender. Uh, I've, I've liked what I've seen from them. I really like what Conway has done and brought to the team. Uh, Vassell is always dangerous. Uh, I do think defense is where, where the struggle would be of playing against some other top teams. Uh, the whole West is good. Um, so I, I really do I see them going far, but I don't think it'll be an easy path but I do think they are a contender. I, I want to say they're contender-ish. Um, you know, I really like San Diego Loyal. My wife's gotten really into uh, actually wanting to watch their games. She's from San Diego. I was actually uh, tweeting at Alan about it, and it's kind of funny that she's, like, all of a sudden, like, latched on, and she's like, I need me a scarf. I need me a kit. Let's go. Um, and, and so it's it's hilarious to watch that. And I do think they're good. It's just it, to mirror what it. Alan said too, some teams just have their kryptonite. They just, there's that team that other people can beat. And then you come across them. And for whatever reason, they have your number all day long. And I think Oakland has San Diego's uh, number. And that's why I say contender ish, because I mean, in my eyes, if you're going to be a contender, that means that I could definitely see you sweeping through. And I just don't see them sweeping through. Yeah. So kind of like, uh, you know, Alan alluded to, this is kind of worst case scenario for San Diego. And I don't think it's necessarily just a matchup of San Diego, you know, having Oakland as, you know, their boogeyman. To me, it's also, there's something about end of season Oakland where they turn it on. And then just like last year, they're probably going to get their upset. I think, and this is going to tip my hand for the uh, predictions later. I think, I would have picked Oakland over just about any team in the quarter uh, quarterfinals this year, just because I believe in Oakland voodoo magic. Um, I that's just something I believe in. But if Loyal get past Oakland, they are firm, firm, firm contenders in my eyes. Just like I think it was John said earlier, or maybe Ben Allen, if they get into the finals and you say that they won the Western Conference, you're not shocked. You're not shocked by that happening at all. Next up, 
let's go ahead and talk about those pesky Oakland Roofs. Firmly a pretender for me. They're the least scary team in this field. At the same time, they are uniquely designed to give San Diego some trouble. If San Diego sticks with that 3-5-2 shape with that very narrow three-man defense, that's going to spell trouble because Oakland is successful when they bomb those fullbacks up the pitch. They beat you with their width, and that naturally is going to be the thing that takes advantage of the San Diego system. That said, I think I trust the loyal to make the necessary changes. And I think once you control that one aspect that makes Oakland very good, suddenly they run out of ideas. As I mentioned previously, I don't think that they're very organized defensively. They've got a lot of heart. I love what they've done under Noah Delgado since the whole Guerra fiasco. But the idea that they could go and win the championship is impossible to me. So pretender. Yeah, I just think, you know, we've talked about like a team like Birmingham probably not being able to put a, a, a run together. Like, I, I just don't see Oakland uh, putting together enough wins, especially all on the road, uh, to, to get it over the line. Uh, they are a, a, a pesky club, right? They have a lot. They play with that, you know, that heart on their sleeve kind of deal. And it's us against the world and all of those, you know, wonderful cliches that we keep talking about but you know Oakland is is not a great road team 20 points in 17 games that's like you might be able to like survive on some PKs but we saw we even saw what that looked like so I, I just have them as a pretender yeah they're a pretender for me only to switch back start lower than them in the western conference for my ELO ratings at the moment and of their four wins they've had this year their win over san diego is the only one of their four road wins they've had this year their win over san diego is the only one they had against a current playoff team so a pretender they're definitely pretenders to me when uh you are on the field it's just they're not cohesive they were told by a very smart person usl league one review that they were going to get chipped in the open cup and it happened. They didn't listen. Uh, so I, I just don't feel like they're going to make a run whatsoever, just like they didn't make a run in the U.S. Open Cup. Shout out, Brandon Mays. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to mirror that to you guys. Like a, a pretender for me. Um, they just don't have what it, they need to go much further than if they manage to to take care of San Diego. They're not getting any further than that by any means necessary. I mean, it's just not, not going to happen. Yeah, so they are firmly pretenders to me, but good for an upset. Um, I do want to say, whenever I was making the Excel sheet, for people who filled out the Excel sheet, by the way, that's going to be in the link. Um, I didn't know what color to put in there box and i'm sure there's a way to do more more than two colors in one of those little excel boxes but i took a remedial excel course in college and i almost failed it so that tells you how to do with excel um i just put it as black and white and that bothered me because they have so many colors that they don't have any colors this is the correct having sorted through this you either do that or you do the green and yellow like just pretending like they have a's (laughs) yeah i whatever um, I, it bothers me. It, it bothers me a little bit looking down at the Excel sheet and just seeing a random white and black, whatever. Um, firmly pretenders, um, partially because I don't like how you look on the Excel sheet. 
Oakland. Um, <laughs> moving on, Rio Grande Valley. This is the borderline one for me where, as I mentioned, they're in better form than anybody. I love everything that their midseason additions have added. And I think that they're going to win pretty easily against the switchbacks. But thinking logically, this team isn't better than San Antonio. They're going to have a real tough time if they face the winner of that uh, Sacramento, New Mexico game. They're another team that falls into a cool story. They could win a game or two kind of category, but I just don't think they have the steel to do the whole thing. So pretender. Yeah, I, I agree. Like you're, you're going to hope they play well. Um, and they, they might pull, pull up an upset or maybe two, but you know, you're talking about a, a tough road in, right? You beat, you beat Colorado Springs and the, the reward for beating Colorado Springs is most likely to play San Antonio on the road. Um, so, you know, that's, that's tough. Um, that's disgusting. So, yeah. So yeah, it's going to be tough for them. You know, they might pull off, you know, one upset, maybe give San Antonio a run for their money, but you know, after that, then you're still on the road. I'm just not sure they're going to win that many road games in a row. So I'm going to go pretender. I want to jump in real quick. Sorry, Ryan. If uh, RGV versus uh, San Antonio happens in the playoffs, um, over under 12 and a half yellow cards. <laughs> Everyone on the pitch gets suspended. By the <laughs> you were very close, Caleb. The last time they played each other back in August, there was 11 yellow oh, cards with uh, one of them being a second yellow that resulted in a red and San Antonio scoring the equalizer. But I think that is something that, that would be very fascinating is that it's just one of those really interesting games. I mean, they played each other three times this year and RGV scored against San Antonio every single one of those times. And I think twice they had multiple goals going up against San Antonio. So they can prove it to be a difficult task, especially if they get past Colorado Springs. But I think there's just, it's more in San Antonio's favor right now that it would kind of, provide a tougher task for RGV and especially an RGV team who would struggle to get another road win and possibly another one if they have to go all the way to USL cup. So pretender, but hopefully for a very difficult and fun game for San Antonio. Yeah. I, I have to label them as a pretender, but I think they would be one to watch out for. I think uh, with the form that they've had, it would be really fun to see them get a win and see what happens. It, it, It'll lead to some fun games. Uh, I think the yellow cards would be an over, especially if they go to overtime. Um, so that would be a must-watch game if they're able to get past Colorado and get that one seed and anything can happen. But I do think they are a pretender. Yeah, I'm going to have to go pretender as well. I think they're going to give a lot of these teams a, a, a decent run for their money. Um, but I I don't know. I like I, I can't see them getting past San Antonio even if they were to, to rack up a couple wins, I just don't see that happening. Like they, they might have a couple like awesome wins where everybody's like, Oh, I can't believe they did it. Um, they're in, they're through. Um, and it might not be like a mega shock, but still just, you know, a, a bit of a surprise from, from the drama of everything. But um, I think it'll fizzle out at some point with all the road games you're going to have to go through. Um, the only way that they can be a contender is if they can upset San Antonio 
and um, Oakland goes all the way so they can get their Valley Voodoo going on in the conference finals. Um, I will firmly label RGV as a must-watch pretender because whatever game they play is going to be must-watch because they're going to foul. They're going to get cards. It's going to be frustrating, but so much fun in all the wrong ways. Uh, moving on, Sacramento. So, yeah, I'll tip my hand again and say that this is the team I have coming out of the West. I think you just had to see what happened in the Open Cup to understand why this team is a real contender. In a one-off tournament format, Sacramento is really able to frustrate you defensively, get that one goal to just win the game and see things out. Now, the interesting component here is that they've changed formations a bit. They've had some injuries in defense. So this isn't the same unit that made that run. But I think that even despite their formation changes, they have the ability to do this. And Rodrigo Lopez has that little bit of magic in him, much as I referenced with Enzo earlier. So I'm biased as someone who is actively scouting for Sacramento, but I find them to be a contender. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree. I think Sacramento is one of those teams where maybe like the fourth seed is a little bit... Um, a little bit not reflective of the team, right? Like Sacramento earlier in the the, the season, I thought they were going to be a team that catches San Diego and, and, and Sacramento would finish second and San Diego would finish third. Um, so they're a tough team uh, to watch out for. Um, you know, the, the Open Cup run does show that they, they have the ability to not only win at home, but also win on the road, right? They beat um, LA Galaxy uh, on the road. Uh, so they they have some some background in getting jobs done on the road, but also, you know, a, that was the only road game they won in that like the knockout round section of like the top thir- 16, 32, whatever that was. So I think, you know, I think their toughest challenge for Sacramento is going to be round two, um, and then I think that um, depending on who gets knocked out or who moves where, I think. They have a shot at getting through, um, but I would put them in a contender. Yeah, I would say Sacramento is certainly a contender as well. They're the second best uh, ELA rating team in the Western Conference for myself right now, but there is still a sizable gap between them going up to San Antonio. I will say, interestingly, they have beaten San Antonio this year. It was at home, and in their combined meetings against San Antonio FC, if they do play in the next round against them, uh, there were a combined 16 yellow cards in those two games uh, between them and San Antonio, including a red card in both. Um, but yeah, as Alan had said, it's a concern, at least for their kind of road form on who they would go up against. I mean, just five wins away from home this year. So I think it's something they can get by New Mexico, but depending on who they match up against in that next round, it could be a challenge. But uh, yeah, I would say Sacramento should still be a contender. I agree. I think they're a contender as well. They had a big win against the Loyal, but before that, they had a rough stretch of games uh, against some good teams. But uh, you know, they, they lost the Galaxy two in Phoenix. Uh, but I think they could beat any team on any given day after watching them during that that run in in the U.S. Open Cup. Uh, so I think they're solid contenders. I'm gonna have to give them a contender as well. Um, I, I was a little. 
like hesitant at first, like just thinking about their recent run of, of luck with all the, the most recent games they've had. I mean, you look at the beginning in the middle of the season, they seem really, really, really strong and then kind of had that solid dip there for a bit. But um, I, I think they can get the job done if they're, if they show up and um, they, they really bring it. I, I think they're definite contenders. Yeah. There's something to be said about knowing how to play knockout football, right? Um mm-hmm. I mean, we saw them do the Open Cup because it's not like the regular season. They don't have to manage for a midweek game or three matches in 10 days. They mm-hmm. can just go. And they're a team mm-hmm. that knows how to do that. They are solidly contenders in my book. Now, this is the last one that's going to be really interesting before we move on to League One because, well, let's just go ahead and go down the line. Do we think San Antonio is a, a contender or a pretender? Yeah, everyone says yes. We don't need to do this. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, um, Harry, Harry said, "Let's go Richmond." So they're pretenders now. So <laughs> <laughs> we all know about the supporter shield curse. Get them out of here, pretenders. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about New Mexico. Yeah. So I, I saw my boy Chris in the chat. I. I have the hot take that I think the winner of the New Mexico Sacramento game is going to end up winning the West. What New Mexico, I I know I did the tactic show on them today. What I've seen from them in terms of finally belatedly figuring out a system that I'm really sold on after essentially 30 weeks of switching back and forth between formations that were sort of half measures it has me fired up about what this team could finally possibly be doing. And then Zach Prince will come and play a back three with completely different personnel and disappoint me. But I think if they stick with <laughs> what they've been doing these past couple of games, pressing hard, getting Sergio Rivas as many minutes as he possibly can and freeing Amando Moreno to be competitive and creative, the sky is the limit for New Mexico. So they're contenders, and I realize that's completely overreactive, but that's where I'm at. I mean, I'm not sure how much the win over Colorado Springs really matters. It's a team that's been not playing well and um, maybe doesn't have a ton to play for on the last day. Yeah, they pulled out a win against Galaxy 2. Um, the, the New Mexico game against San Diego – I think it was probably one of the most exciting games I've been a part of, but I wouldn't say that that any, like San Diego was playing playoff style soccer, right? They started a 16 year old kid in net uh, for his yeah. first professional start. So I think maybe there's a little bit of smoke and mirrors here. I think the one, one, one draw against San Antonio shows that they have the ability to, to compete. I'm just not sure that New Mexico has enough to put, to, to put a run in. Um, I think, best case is they they force some draws and get through on some pks um but i i have them as um maybe like a like a pretender with a couple extra shots of of espresso so like they're gonna be competitive but i don't i i think they're they're more than pretenders but i'm not sure i would put them in the contender category yeah, Alan, you had mentioned it, that they have played San Antonio fairly close this year. They had the 1-0 loss to them in April and then the 1-1 draw recently. But, yeah, it just it, 
And there's something about New Mexico. I mean, I know they enter in as one of the three teams who are unbeaten in their last five entering the playoffs, and form has been important for some of these teams. But New Mexico still has the second lowest ELO rating of the Western Conference teams right now. And I just think that they're going into a Sacramento team who's going to be better than them in this game. And I have to put them as pretender just because they're going up against someone who I think has a better chance at moving on. I feel the same way. I have to call them a pretender. Their their form has been decent, but they're playing the Sacramento team. That I, I don't think they'll get past. So I have no, uh, there's no way I can call them a contender because of that. Yeah. Despite the, the recent form, I'm going to have to go pretender as well. Um, I mean, yeah, they've, they've been doing fine in the last few games, but they're not, in my mind, going to fire up enough to make it far. New Mexico is firmly the championship's tormenta and the fact that they're going to win away and lose at home because that's what they do. Um, this last one at home obviously puts a little bit of, you know, a little bit of something of what I just said. But, I mean, New Mexico is going to play probably three straight games away. Um, so that goes well for them in a weird way. Um, that said, I do think that this first match against Sacramento is probably going to be their hardest matchup until a Western Conference final against uh, San Antonio. I'm sorry, Chris, you know you're my boy. Um, but I do think that they are pretenders. Unless they do get past uh, Sacramento, then they are firmly contenders. They're in that weird spot, like Alan said, um, who I can't keep up now with if, or, if they're Coke Zero or Espresso pretenders. Um, Coke, Zero is, Coke Zero is contender light. The, the shots of espresso are pretenders to get them up a little bit. So, there's like- uh-huh. so they're, they're in Americano. They're watered down. <laughs> the amount of times that I have cinched my taste bu- taste buds on an Americano is ridiculous. I don't know how they make those things so hot. <laughs> Before we get into very, very fast, very, very fast rapid fire predictions, let's talk about League One. If you want to hear super duper in depth League One Thursday night, I'm pretty sure, Walking 90. Um, they have a bone to pick with Devin Kerr. Um, well, what do you? Yeah, what do you mean? Devin Kerr already gave us all we needed to know about League One. <laughs> yes. He told Yo. us something about League One. Who was the <laughs> other guy? He, oh, he said that Overtime is is clearly is just coasting right now to League One. <laughs> when you get your takes off of Wikipedia resumes. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's a he's a football man. He's the League One uh, for the, the football manager. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's fine, but walking 90, they're going to be able to do a lot more in-depth stuff than we will. While we do have Gio and Tyler, um, it's we're also running a bit out of time, and we recognize that we cannot have another League One preview show <laughs> situation. <laughs> so, <laughs> we're going to try to keep these as brief as possible. But let's start off with the League One's New Mexico United. Tormenta. Yeah, so I was digging in. Um, I just put out my numbers for individual players for League One this week. Um, if you kind of sum things up, Tormenta rates as the second best offense in League One for me. 
uh, obviously Kaziah Sterling, he is a player who's running in the 98th percentile for his conversion rate. He drives a lot of their goal scoring, but I think so much of their creation deeper in the midfield, what they have is really nice. So in a normal context, they ought to be a contender, but I think based on their matchup, they might be a pretender. So they're sort of that 50-50 for me right now. Yeah, um, I, I, I I would agree because I think they have to, to go up against Geo and Geo is just going to punch them. Geo and Bolt is actually the semifinals. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be uh, battle. Uh, it's gonna be battle. Uh, it's gonna, it's gonna be like ESPN. whatever by combat. Yeah, they're gonna yeah. Yeah. trial by combat. Yeah, yeah trial by combat. Geo versus that crazy bird. Yeah, Tormenta has the uh, third best Elo rating in uh, USO one right now. Really interesting form, just with everyone kind of. Here towards the end of the year, they're one of three teams that has um, just been unbeaten in the last five entering the playoffs. So I think uh, if they, it would depend on their showing this week, but they really would have a tough semifinal matchup against either Richmond or Greenfield. So it's one of those contender-ish teams. I have to call them contender, and I'll be honest, they're probably the scariest team to play right now. Yep. I think that's the one team that nobody wants to play right now. Um, now, see, this I, we've got Gio and Tyler saying this, and yeah. it's this. This is the people you should. <laughs> so, this is, uh, I, I'm scared of Bolt. Um, <laughs> I, scared. He's watching right now. He's, he's probably watching right now. I am. Uh, Sterling has been playing great. Kingsford has been playing right now. Mm-hmm. Getting it warm. Uh, I know Brendan Mace, but he's gonna hit the ground running if he starts playing like he did in college, and now he's playing like he did in college and getting some more shots off. Um, they're a scary team to play uh, at home or away right now. Uh, they finally got their uh, first win, I believe, at the new stadium. But um, mm-hmm. they they like to call Greenville home, and that hurts my feelings. But it's true at this point in time. You know, they, they, <laughs> they're a really hard team to beat, and they always show up against us. We haven't beat them since an early season game last season. We beat them one nothing. Hey, the Padres just beat the Dodgers. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. You're right. And uh, I think it'll be inevitable, inevitable that we'll have to play them in Greenville. Um, and so Bolt and I will have some halftime uh, action going on. Um, but I really do think they might be the clearest contender in my eyes. Yeah, a- absolute contenders for me. Um, they do not shy away from top tier teams in League One. Um, like Gio said, they've had some really awesome results against Greenville. They've battled Richmond to two ties um, and not like scoreless ones either. So um, whenever they're faced with opponents, it's like they play up to their competition. Um, and, and in a playoff scenario, that's super valuable. Um, if you're the type of team that can match your competition, uh, you know, you style for style, point for point, you're going to come out on top at some point. And I think they're that type of team that always rises to that occasion. And I, I agree with you as far as them being the scariest team. If if LSC was in the playoffs right now, this is our year that we were in there, I would not want to play them. They'd be the one that I would feel could do anything. So contenders all the way. You know, this is a team that we've said it for the championship about in every single league ever. 
there's an NFL football coach that is really trying to hammer it home to their team. Defense wins championship, boys, um, because that's a new concept. Um, and listen, Jake Dingler and Joshua Phelps are two of the best center backs in all of League One. I would take them over a lot of championship teams, even some in the playoffs. They are that good as center backs, and defense travels, and so does Tormenta. Um, unfortunately, they're playing at home, so that does something to them, but they're also like playing Charlotte, so whatever. Um, I, I think that they are so firmly contenders, it's ridiculous. Also, Bolt scares me. <laughs> um, <laughs> Charlotte, speaking of. Yeah, I mean, we like to clown them on the whole overdone thing. I I don't know. There's something about this team that I just can't buy in no matter what. I think that no matter who they get out of the results of the first round, it's going to be a tall task. I don't know why I just lean pretender for them. Who are we talking about again? Charlotte? Charlotte. Like one of the just, just tell me how it is. Charlotte Independence? That that Charlotte? The, yeah. Like the, one of like I, I, the, let me just backtrack and say Mbuyu is sick, but they're gonna lose. Like one of the worst road teams in USL League One. Like like FC Tucson <laughs> has more road road points. <laughs> that that Charlotte? I, I just don't yeah. That's League Two, FC Tucson to you. <laughs> they still have more points on the road than Charlotte. Fair. Yeah, I mean, Charlotte is a team that had a 7-1 loss to another team in the playoffs right now. And I think just kind of a quick scroll through on their schedule, it was just one win away from home against a team who uh, is it currently in the playoffs. And they just barely are above the average rating in my ELO at just a 10-02. And it's just... I just can't see them uh, being a team that wins the league to a pretender. I definitely think they're a pretender as well. Uh, their their strikers are are impressive. Mbuyu is is impressive, um, but I I just and I do like Bennett a lot, and they're probably going to mm-hmm. have some Charlotte FC players come in just like they did against Greenville. Uh, McNeil's probably going to come in, and Haygard's going to come in. Uh, they have Zendejas, who is a solid keeper, but I don't think it'll be enough. To, to beat Tormenta, and if they do, I would feel very confident beating them at home for a third time this season against Greenville. So they're definitely a pretender. As much as I was all in on them making the playoffs, like I, I did believe like they would do that, I I don't see them making it through the playoffs. I, I'm gonna have to say pretender on this. Um, you you know, like Geo pointed out, they got some good people that can produce for them. Um, you, you know. Bennett is definitely top of the list. He, he's somebody that every time that you see them about to score, his name's being called, it seems. Um, but I, I just don't see them managing to get past most teams, especially not Tormenta. I think Tormenta has just too much sauce. It's, it's going to stop them. <laughs> um, now moving on to the Sab Boys out in Chattanooga. Um I, this one's weird for me. This one's really weird because I don't know where I sit. 
that whole side of the bracket is weird for me, honestly. Mm -hmm. That's fair. So, see, again, I was looking at the numbers I was putting up, and Chattanooga was first in expected goals by a margin for me. And I think a lot of that comes down to what they get creatively with. I mean, they've got guys like Correa Garcia. I mean, the list goes on. I won't keep it too long because I know we're running pretty long. <laughs> because of my first round pick, I'm calling number pretender, but I feel terrible about it. Um, I don't feel terrible about it. Um, there's there's a lot to to not feel happy about with that franchise. So I'm just on principle yeah. going to say a pretender. Yeah, I mean, they enter as one of the two teams with a double-digit goal differential right now in the league. But I just, I, I feel that even if they get by the first round, whoever they match up against in the next round is going to be the better side there. And I just have to say pretender. They're definitely pretenders to me. Uh, they've had some impressive wins, and they have scored a lot of goals. Galindres is their biggest threat, and but if he's not on, I don't think they can pull off a win. Tormenta beat them last week, uh, two nothing. Uh, it was a great game, but I, I think that will just show. Um, it'll be a tough game uh, with with Omaha, and Omaha cannot draw their way to the final. Uh, so, but uh, I I do think they can at least pull this one off against Chattanooga. Um, so I'll have to call them the pretender. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go pretender despite their their offense being pretty explosive. I mean, because besides Galindres, uh, Espinoza is also in the mix a lot of the times, and and they're you know prone to scoring goals right and left. Um, but they've shown that sometimes they're a little they're a little up and down. And we could say a lot about Omaha um, drawing a ton, uh, you know, bringing back Geo's drama hall. Uh, but at the same time. There's some consistency to that, and, and at the end of the day, draws show that your team can hold another team off. Um, you obviously can't draw your way out of this, but I, I think that Omaha is going to find a way to produce. Even if it ends up being PKs, um, I think they're going to come out on top, um, and I think that makes Chattanooga a pretender. Uh, Phoenix Rising would like a word about you can't draw your way through the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Um, considering that uh, Chattanooga is already down one nil, so Twitter likes it's not going great for them. Um, well, so yeah, Chattanooga is the, the Chattanooga is a contender in the horniest team in League One. <laughs> Congratulations, Rev Wolves. <laughs> If you don't know what we're talking about, just go look at their coach, Geo Kinson Blocks. No. no. <laughs> oh, um, man. I think they're firmly pretenders. I understand their offensive production, but sometimes in League One, you go off vibes. And for all the wrong reasons, Chattanooga fails every vibe check I've ever given them. Um, uh, second worst goalkeeping in the league, also, by the way. <laughs> Um, followed by the very first uh, worst social media management happening for the <laughs> the worst the worst PR team. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, follow that up with Omaha, who has been very kind to us, and uh, even though their mascot should be named Tuesday. <laughs> 
Well, uh, to be honest, I mean, if anyone saw the bracket that I put out for League One, I've got a, a Greenville-Omaha title game going on. I know it's been a weird season. I know that you can't take what has happened years past and project it onto this year because Omaha is a vastly different squad. But you look at what Connor Doyle can do in there. You look at the defense, which isn't as strong maybe as usual, but guys like Adalton Knudsen, I mean, they have a case for me to really go and do it. And so they're a contender. I don't know. Yeah, I had a tough one with this one. Um, because you, you do you do want to ride with history a little bit, um, with how consistently they've they've been able to 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 play and their history. Um I, that's how I feel about Omaha right now. I'm meh. like if they made it great, I think they could. Like, but I also think that maybe they're not as strong as they've been in the past. There might be some better options to 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 roll with. Um, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go meh with them. Yeah, I'm with you, Alan. I'm in that kind of same tier for Omaha right now. I think one of the things that sticks out to me is just their four road wins this year. And even uh, going by Chattanooga, it's going to be a really tough task to go on the road against Richmond or Greenville. And I think that's going to be something that would prevent them from going into the final. So I think if they can get to the final, then it's all bets are off. But uh, yeah, I'm kind of in that same level with you, Alan. Yeah, I... (laughs) I, I can't call them a contender. I just, I've been watching them and they haven't won a game since September 3rd. And their last win was against Chattanooga at home, but we have two different teams from almost two months ago. And now and going up against each other away, I just don't have confidence that they can do it. They, they, they might win in the play, make get in an overtime, uh, but I don't think they have the heart to do it. This team is much different than the, the team we, we that won the championship last season. Uh, the, the the fight they don't have that dog in them you know as we I, yeah, I you know they're they're, they're drawing so much and they don't look like a team that can go and finish somebody off um, no pun intended against Chattanooga's coach <laughs> uh, but, oh my God. Uh, but I just I don't I don't think that they can really make a deep run if they play Greenville at home I don't really think they will at home at the moment just because of their form um so they have to be a pretender yeah i mean omaha is like so tricky because i feel like at the beginning of the season they they were doing really really well um and then they just started stagnating and everybody just kept waiting for them to finally get that upward swing and they never quite got that upward swing uh, I mean, never really dipped off either, but then that's that's another problem, right? You, you just stay there, and I don't really feel like you're all of a sudden going to get some magic momentum in the playoffs when you've had weeks and weeks and weeks of no momentum and no ability to finish off other teams. Um, you, you know, I, I think they could um, take down a team or two. It's possible. Um, I think they have the, the talent, but I'm going to have to call them pretenders um, for right now. I just, I just don't see it. Yeah, I think so I'm gonna really quick. Okay. If they do win the, the the championship, Will Farrell will start singing "Poor T. Volare" just like in Step Brothers. It'll be that level. <laughs> 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 I, 
Catalina wine mixer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you kind of ride history a lot. Um, it's the same reason I think a lot of people don't have San Antonio winning the USL championship this year. Just supporter shield winners just don't do it. You kind of ride history with Omaha. You know they've done it, so you just believe they're going to do it. That said, even though they haven't won a match in forever and they didn't win all that many away games, I do think that going away from home is best for Omaha because in every match that I've watched with Omaha at home, they looked so uncomfortable at home because they just never got used to the size of the pitch. I think if they were going to make a run, this is the perfect opportunity for them to do it because the most comfortable they have looked has been away from home, at least in my opinion. I want to firmly call them contenders, but they have a hard, hard road ahead of them. Um, these last two, we're just going to lump them together because I think we all know the answer, and it's going to be Richmond and uh, Greenville. Yeah, I mean, Greenville – I would die for Don Smart. Gavilanis is amazing. Richmond, underratedly, Akira Fitzgerald, continues to be completely amazing in net. He has been for years. He has been in the championship. You can't make a case against these teams. On that note, then I probably can't. So if John says I can't, then <laughs> I have no shot. Yeah, I think these are – they're. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if this was the one-two in the final, um, and yeah, that'll be it'll be a fun game to watch if that's the case. Yeah, clearly contenders. Yeah, uh, they're both clear contenders to me. Uh, I, I would, I would personally love to go play Richmond at home. This, uh, I mean, we have a draw and two wins against them this season, uh, and. But I think anybody can be anybody with with either of these two teams. Uh, so they're both clear contenders for the championship. Yeah, absolute clear contenders. Although Tormenta is scary. Sorry, Gio. Like I, no, I don't know. I, I get a little nervous for you guys with them being being okay. on the docket possibly. But but hey, if Tormenta gets taken down, I think it's all the way one and two taking it to the championship. What's scary about League One, the league of true utter chaos week in, week out, is that whoever survives it, they're all kind of contenders anyway, except for Charlotte. Um, but what, what would be more League One chaos than the first and second seed making the final? Like, that would actually be <laughs> chaos. That's so different than what would happen in the regular season. You're not wrong. Not wrong. Um, <laughs> rapid I'm ready to take that trip, too. <laughs> do, do we even need to do picks? I feel like we've just done picks in a very extended we, format. We, we have. We, yeah. we have in a way. Do we want to just go <laughs> super fast, rapid fire, no explanation, pick a winner? Or no? Yeah. No. Okay. I feel, I feel cool. like people have got the takes. Yeah. Yeah. If you want, if you want to see who we've all picked, um, check out the excel sheets and the predictions that have been posted in the discord and on twitter now yeah, wait but yeah by the way we don't plug the discord enough get on the usl show discord and get that thing popping yeah we really don't plug that enough that's actually my fault entirely so <laughs> there it is <laughs> so um the excel sheet is going to be the first link in the description the second link is going to be the discord so 
let's get that thing popping. Let's go. Let's have a party. Um, and like we said, um, Thursday, walk in 90. If you want to hear more thoughts on League One, they're going to be fun. And also, they're going to have a lot of takes about the, the prediction show. So that should be funny. It's always a good time hearing those uh, hearing those folks getting getting on somebody about something. And I cannot wait to hear what they say about uh, about Chattanooga because that's going to be <laughs> Forward <laughs> Madison. Forward Madison tweeted. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was trying so hard not to laugh in the middle. <laughs> did really, when did they do that? When did they tweet about Just it? A little ago. Oh boy. Um, because we are running short, let's go ahead and give some closing thoughts. I want to start off with Tyler. Uh, man, just uh, super excited about us announcing our coach. And then today we announced our two technical directors for LSC. So that's, uh, that's pretty awesome. I'm, uh, I'm ready to hear more about that and uh, see where that goes. I'm sorry. I just saw it. I just saw the tweet. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> oh, man. Gia. <laughs> this is my favorite time of the year. I'm just, oh, so, yeah. I'm excited for this week and just getting to sit back and watch these other teams go at it and uh, just be prepared to go to the semifinal and uh, either stay at home for a final or um, to take a trip to Richmond. Um, personally, at this point now, I would love for Chattanooga to make it so we can make a TIFO, <laughs> some type of TIFO. Um, oh, no, no, but this is exciting. Um, I'm excited to watch some championship games also because I think it'll be very competitive and we're going to have a lot of fun. Right. I just uh, pre-ordered FM23, so I'm excited for when the beta drops, which is, fingers crossed, uh, Thursday of this week from rumors that I've been told. So I've already been planning out my uh, the save I'll do for the beta and then the actual long-term save I'll do for the game. So excited for the uh, release of that. Um, my favorite thing late re recently has been Oh, you like soccer? Have you been watching the Welcome to Wrexham? Like that's like the standard. It's like, yeah, yes. Have you? I've I'm aware of that show. I you know Ryan Reynolds and the that other guy. Um, yeah. So other guy. If you if you also want to send me recommendations to watch Welcome to Wrexham, you can find me on social media and tell me I should watch that show. So have you watched Ted Lasso? Right, that's the follow-up question, right? Like, yes. No one's like Richmond kid on right now. No, no one's like. Have you seen this obscure, random, like Netflix documentary that came out 15 years ago? Like, it's always like what Wrexham and then Lasso, and then that's it. I'm like, yes, yeah, yes, thank you. Have you watched Goal? The dream, whatever the dream begins. <laughs> Love. It. Yeah, um, on my end. I guess two quick things. Um, first and foremost, go watch the movie Tar with Kate Blanchett. If you know her as Galadriel in the Lord of the Rings or Hela in the uh, Thor Ragnarok movie, she rocks. But this is like three hours of just intensity exploring power <laughs> dynamics and stuff. So that's cool. Um, more selfishly, thanks to everyone who has watched the USL show, watched what I've done with the tactic show. I consumed everything that I've done over the past 
X amount of months in terms of USL content. It's really appreciated. And I think for all of us that put out content individually as creators, it means a lot when you get those clicks and you get those views and realize that you're trying to grow the game. And I think that collectively we do that here. So just thanks to y'all. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, there's so much content being pumped out. Um, local content being pumped out, like uh, Yogi uh, posted about yesterday or two days ago. Um, so the, it, there's so much good stuff around here. So, yeah, thank you guys so much. Uh, for me, um, my Alabama women's soccer team is number one in the country. Um, that was incredible to watch after I was at the match that they beat their first ever top 10 team. That was my freshman year. So going from never beating a top 10 team to being number one um, was a surreal experience for me. Um, and also tomorrow I am at 830 in the morning. I am turning in my 26 page essay that hopefully means I'll graduate. So go me. Uh, I want to throw up if I fail it. <laughs> um, let's see. I really don't think I have any uh, music record. Um, no, actually, Lohengrin, uh, the the Wagner pre, uh, prelude, I think, is it's been stuck in my head like all day. Um, so, You're gonna throw us for a loop and like recommend Megan the Stallion at some point. Um, I would I like to it throw. Was gonna come. I thought it was. I would. <laughs> I would like. Of all days. <laughs> I would like to throw out, um, speaking of music, uh, Britney Spears' new movie, whatever that was that she posted. Um, not liked by the USL show account yet. <laughs> I know who did. <laughs> but, Is anyone else you. thirsty? I need to get out of this truck. It is 42 degrees. Thank you guys so much for listening. Oh, and also one last thing, go watch this stuff on goals.tv, a new partnership. We'll yeah. talk about that more later on when we don't have an hour and a half long episode. Um, still half the time of our league one preview show. So congrats guys. Um, <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening as always. Thank you all so much for the support. Um, like, share, do all the things that we actually normally don't ask y'all to do. Join the Discord. And until and for the last time, I guess, of the regular season and for the first time to start the playoffs and the last time of night, Q Allen's voice. Thank you for watching another episode of the USL Show. This and every episode is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. Find podcasts and other written work at bgn.fm. Once again, thanks for stopping by. We'll see you guys again next week.